Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? Good to see you again. Hi, Ed. Welcome. Great to be here. I just got back from Tel Aviv at about two o'clock this morning, so I'm a bit tired. So if I fall asleep in the podcast, forgive me. Um, but yeah, had a fantastic time out there. How are you? How's Barcelona? Is it searingly hot? It is. It, it's not searingly hot, but it's uh, it's stiflingly muggy. It's <laughs> the, you know it's the kind of weather where you you take a shower and then twenty minutes later you need to take another shower. So uh, yeah, it's um, summer is here. Uh, I am, I am back from London. I was in London last week and now this week I'm in Barcelona. Um, uh, we've had two geomobs, which I'm unfortunate that you weren't able to join us in London. Um, I guess let's start with maybe a rundown of those events. Um, first up big, big thanks to everyone who spoke at, at both of the events. We had some really good speakers. So it was very cool. Um, to include Stephen, to, you missed, um, Daniel, from the Mapscaping podcast, which was very cool to finally meet him. So big hello to Daniel, if he's listening. Um, so we get our rival on, our podcast rival, not really that he's our rival. I don't see him as a rival. I see him more, more of a, in, in many ways an inspiration. Right. So, yeah, he's done a great job. Um, and actually, we had some very good conversations, uh, he and I. Um, but we also had some other very good uh, talks. Um, let's start with London. We uh, first of all, big congratulations to Tim Fernando, who joins the very exclusive club of people who have twice won the best speaker prize. Um, his talk was excellent. About he now works. He's kind of switched what he does, and he now works for a very cool agriculture um, startup. And they uh, basically do aerial imagery of agriculture, of, of farm fields and stuff, and then do all kinds of analysis of that imagery. And really, I mean, crazy stuff. Where, like he showed us a map where they, basically the drone flew over the field, took a picture of the field, and then they would find, you know, the, the through machine learning, detect every single cabbage, head of cabbage. Wow. Or head, head of lettuce. But then the thing that was very interesting is it would estimate the size of the cabbage. And... Because he made that, you know, supermarkets will only accept it if it's in a certain range. It can't be too big and it can't be too small. And so then based on that, they can, you know, set the dosage of fertilizer and water and try to, you know, either it needs more water to try to grow faster or it needs less water so that it, it doesn't keep growing so that it falls within the range. And um, I mean, crazy stuff. Uh, so congrats to Tim. Very cool talk. Very cool. Sounds great. And what about Barcelona? Barcelona, we also had some excellent talks, uh, only three talks. Um, but uh, the most impressive talk there, I, I enjoyed all the talks, but the most impressive was a startup called Better Maps, which I, I didn't, you know, I thought it was just going to be when he volunteered to speak, the founder, and, you know, I thought it was going to be yet another tool of like, oh, we have an easy tool for making maps. But this is this was actually a totally different approach. So as you may have seen on the internet in the last months, you know, now there's all these kind of AI interpretation services where you kind of describe an image and it converts that, you know, then the AI 
creates that image for you. And, and the outcome is really quite shockingly good. And in some cases, very interesting, very different than you would expect and, and kind of thought provoking. Um, <clears throat> anyway, what better maps are trying to do is do this with maps. So you verbally describe or, or in, in words kind of put in the map you want and it spits out the map. Um, of course, you can then edit it and fine tune it or whatever, but, but it gives you, you know, the whole idea is it takes you from zero to map very quickly. Um, they just launched. It's a brand new service. So, you know, it's very early days, but I thought the, the fundamental concept I found very thought provoking. Um, yeah. And he made an interesting point in his talk. And I should say, I, I'm hopeful to get, get him to London here on the podcast, but also to come speak in London at our next event, which, which probably will be end of September, <coughs> but he made an interesting point. So with, with all this imagery that's being created, um, like, like, uh, drawing, like, um, you know, it used to be to make an image, you need a, an artist who has to have all this kind of yeah. skill and, and artistic ability. And now you tell the AI what you want and it spits out an image, which is probably pretty good. Um, or, or it, it may actually be excellent. And for many use cases, particularly like in advertising and things like that, where they need, constantly need lots of imaging, you know, this is, this is game changing. Um, yeah. at how, how, not just, not just reducing the cost, but how quickly you can go. You know. And his point was that, you know, in, in, with maps, it's kind of the same. You still need this kind of highly skilled, trained, let's say artist uh, who can, who understands the concept of cartography and can help you make a good map. But maybe very quickly the, 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 you know, the computer is going to be able to do that. And, a very thought-provoking. Very thought-provoking. I don't think Ken Field's going to like that, but um, but I think you're right. And I think also, I was just I had a quick look, and it is cool. It's pretty basic at the moment, but I'm sure it's going to it's got legs. Um, if you think about how we use all sorts, well, particularly if we how we use search at the moment, right? Yeah. Those of us who've been using the internet for fifteen, twenty years have learned how to type search queries. Mm. And we type search queries, which are not natural language, but which give us almost certainly what we want first time. Right. Gradually over time, we've not stopped. We've not needed to do that. I mean, I don't know whether you still do it, but you know, now I pretty much type what I'm looking for and get it because the AI behind search has no longer needs specific terms or the words in the right order or all of that. It's got much smarter. And I think it's the same with this sort of stuff. It will just gradually get better. And people want to interact with the internet, with all of these technologies using natural language. Uh, Yes. He actually discussed that uh, in his talk saying, you know, obviously it's kind of a reinforcement model where over time uh, you can, you look at how people are searching and then, you know, hopefully whether they're happy with the outcome and hopefully it should be able to get better and better. But, um, I, I, the, just the whole talk, as I said, it was very thought provoking. Um, and so in that regard, Geomob Barcelona was a great success. Nevertheless, it was, it was a bit disappointing. We had a very, very low turnout, um, and that was frustrating because unlike London, in London, we had a fantastic turnout and it was really was, it feels like the momentum is back and we're basically, um, you know, it felt like a pre-COVID geomob, which was great. 
Um, it was help. You know, we had great weather. So then everyone went to the pub and we were all standing outside and it, it was a lot of fun, a lot of good conversation. It's a lot of great to see everyone again. And in Barcelona, for whatever reason, we haven't yet recreated the pre-COVID momentum. So I have to do some thinking there about how we do what we need to change for the coming uh, events, you know, which we probably will we'll do another event in the autumn sometime. Um, but I don't know what it is because we actually have, you know, now we've had quite a few events in Barcelona and we've had some very good talks. I mean, there are people doing interesting things. Uh, people come and seem to enjoy the events, but I haven't yet created the kind of the repeat, the inner core that, that yeah. is always beyond, beyond one or two people who have, who yeah. are always there. But, um, you know, we need to, we need to keep working on that. So. And Barcelona is not really a tech city, is it? I mean, it's trying, but it's not really, you know, if you listed the top tech cities in in Europe, ah, it's that that's unfair, Stephen. It is it is it has improved a lot. Um, there is a tech scene. Nevertheless, it's not London. I mean, it's not London or Berlin or um, you know, and and in within Spain or let's say in the Spanish speaking world, of course, everything's divided between Barcelona and Madrid, and mm-hmm. so it, it, the question is, does either neither has the then gains the critical mass that oh. you might have uh, if everything were in one city. Um, but there are, there are many people doing interesting things here and there are good universities. Uh, and and we, I, it's the talks that we get are very good and interesting. It's just, we need to, I don't think there's as much of a culture of kind of talking about your work, sharing your work uh, publicly. Um, we still need to work on that. So, but we're getting there. We're getting there. So we'll see. Um, so, and, but I think you, you have some news that there may be another. There's going to be another GMOB in Tel Aviv. Um, I mean, the last time we were, they were sold out. Um, I think they had close on a hundred people there. They only, they only really wanted had space for 80, but it was standing room only. It was fantastic. Um, but the uh, <coughs> thing is, you know, Tel Aviv is the tech city in a startup nation. You know, there's a hell of a lot of geospatial startups in the, con- in the country and particularly around the city. So, um, yeah, and they've got another one in October. Uh, I'm not going to announce. We've got quite a good big speaker coming all right. From nice. outside to talk. Um, yeah, it should be a great event. But it'll be interesting to see after the excitement with the first year mob, when we do a second one six months later, whether there's a tail off in the audience or whether uh, the momentum keeps going. I think the momentum will keep going. Um, well, also, I certainly hope so. Also, because, um, yeah, just culturally, if you walk past the bars in central Tel Aviv at sort of six, six thirty in the evening, they're absolutely humming, you know, I mean, they're packed with people. So there's a big culture of going out for a, for a couple of drinks after work before going home. So, um, you know, a geomob type event that runs straight after work hours seems to be pitched in the right zone there. So we'll see. It's going to be fun. Exciting. Exciting. Good luck. Good luck to them. But speaking of big speakers um, at both 
both GeoMob London and in Barcelona, um, people offered me the congratulations that we had uh, a big guest on the podcast, uh, obviously recently with um, Jack Dangervon. So congrats to you, Stephen. <laughs> Thank um, you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're always looking for startups, interesting startups to get on the podcast. And uh, yeah, Jack Dangerman um, is uh, certainly an interesting startup. When you think that he built that business, um, I think he had a little bit of investment from family and friends right at the beginning to start. And he's never taken investment um, there are no shareholders outside of the family. Um, it's an amazing story. And it was quite an amazing podcast. You know, like, nothing like anything I'd done before, Ed, with the podcast. You know, and I thought I'd got the hang of doing podcast interviews and how to listen and get people to talk and then occasionally chip in. Um, this was just like um, an explosion of energy coming across the microphone. I mean, Jack's... Jack's older than me. I, I don't know how old, but he's certainly older than me, which puts him in his mid-70s. And his energy and his passion is just unbelievable, you know. And he's still on a mission to solve some of the world's problems with geography, you know. He sees climate crisis as an opportunity for geographers to come and help solve the problem. Um, and it's fantastic. It, it, it was a great interview, and I encourage everyone who hasn't listened to go back and listen to it. But it's interesting, Steve, because that often is the case at the GMOP events over the years, where the success of a talk is less dependent on the topic and more dependent on kind of the enthusiasm of the speaker. Yeah. Who, as someone, you know, seemingly dry or boring topics can be made very interesting if if the speaker is obviously passionate about it. Yeah. And, um, and yes, that did come through in the yeah. interview with them. So, and I mean, what also? I mean, if I was going to give one abiding memory from this talk um, chat that I had with him, it was I asked him the Ed Parsons question: "Is spatial special?" Yeah, um, yeah, because I thought that was a good way to start off, and. We talked for, I don't know, 15 minutes about this one topic because he used he sees geography as integration. And he talked about it as this form of integration across different domains, different layers and everything. Um, and was saying that there's virtually no other technology that can integrate in this way and integrate different sources of data, different themes of data, different you know, different domains completely. So it was really interesting stuff. Um, if you've not listened, I, you know, I know you've listened, Ed. Um, people should listen to this. Um, I have listened. I should, people yeah. should listen to every episode. Steve. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Know. Indeed. So. so anyway, apart from that triumph, what's happening with Open Cage? Oh, quite a bit. We, um, <laughs> You know, things will slow down a bit in the summer because um, take some holiday. Uh, my kids are out of school. And so we've been kind of getting everything geared up for that. But we also have been, first of all, I've been attending several events, which have been very interesting. Uh, while in London, I was at the Move event uh, where I saw several Geo Mobsters. Um, very, very good event. We got to lots of new leads and interesting conversations, and uh, but also saw some some of our existing customers. 
um, which, which was nice, very nice. But the main thing we've been working on now, and and we'll kind of probably be working on for the next couple months, is more marketing. And so, you know, the endless challenge is how do we how do we make people become aware of us? And one strategy that we have now is kind of sponsoring tools, uh, building tools or sponsoring tools that might be relevant for people who, you know, kind of are in our target audience. And so we, I, we recently launched a tool that I wanted to mention here because I think it may be relevant to anyone who's listening. So um, basically, I, as I'm sure you're aware, in Geospatial, we do have one major challenge and problem, and that is that there's no consensus on how coordinates should be displayed or utilized. So some people, some programs, some software needs longitude, latitude, others need latitude, longitude, other, other bits of software expect kind of name parameters where, you know, longitude equals latitude equals. And it's a big pain in the ass because you, you have, you have one tool that gives you a certain output, but then your next tool expects a different input. And so then you're always end, endlessly fiddling around. And of course you make mistakes and all of a sudden, you know, your, your map pins on the wrong side of the world because you mixed up the parameters and whatever. So, so we built a little tool. It's um, a standalone site called Flipcords, which it's, it's actually shockingly basic, but it, you give it two numbers and basically then we, we print all possible output formats for you. As assuming those, assuming the number was latitude, longitude, or the, also that we print every possible outcome, um, assuming it was the other way around. Um, and so basically, you take the we take the coordinates and we flip them into every possible um, permutation, and then very quickly you can cut and paste whichever format you need. And um, and the reception has been quite positive. We launched this a couple weeks ago, you know, just via a tweet and um, got a lot of very good resonance. And then several people have kind of picked it up and spread the word. So a big thank you to them. And um, it was kind of a fun little project. Yeah. So, and well, I was going to say, now we can see people are actually using it. Um, you know, not, not a massive volume, but people are, people are using it and playing with it. And it's cool. It's cool. And it's open source, or well, uh, it, it's not. Uh, actually, we probably do. We should open source it, but um, it is open source in the sense that it's literally just one HTML page, and the um, you know the actual flipping is done via JavaScript, which is embedded in the page, so um, anyone can get the source code. It's not. Um, this is not some deep hidden proprietary algorithm. <laughs> it's basically you take two numbers and you change the order and you do a little, you know, some other permutations and customizations on it. So it's very basic, um, but it does hopefully serve a need. And I, I, I frankly, I, it's it's a great. It's one of those tools that I find myself using it. So right. even if no one else uses it, I'm going to use it. And um, so in that regard, it's it's useful. So. Yeah, and I've certainly had that experience of getting my map pin or whatever it is somewhere on the other side of the planet because... Because you mix up longitude and latitude, yeah. And yeah. we also... Um, we also... So you give us two numbers, and we the first thing we do is try to tell you, like, is this even a realistic possible combination? Right. right. So so we do tell you, like, could this be longitude-latitude or, or could it be latitude-longitude? Um 
So we have a few other ideas for slightly more sophisticated tools uh, that we're that will hopefully launch in the coming weeks and months as well. So, so I've just realized that um, flip cords might be what I need for Mappery because um, on Mappery we've got a map that we maintain, which has a map pin for every for post. For each thing, yeah. Right. Um, well, not quite every post because there are times when I'm posting from my phone or something and I just can't get to do right. the coordinates. But most of the time, there's a map pin for every every post that we do. Yeah. And um, that means copying and pasting coordinates and putting them into the right box in the form on the thing. And I can see why you need, you know, if you're doing this stuff often, you're going to make mistakes. And uh, I yeah. certainly do occasionally, you know, get your lats and your lungs upside down. Well, I'll, I'll contact the legal team, Stephen. Maybe we can get some kind of partnership arranged or something. I'm sure and, we and... can give you a, a credit on there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what else has been happening, Ed? Um, what else? Um, not an immense amount. Like I said, we're trying to get things in in kind of summer mode. Um, we actually one update on a project that I've talked about in the past, though, is we our geo search project has been picking up momentum. We've gotten right. a, a, you know several customers have come in. You know, not, not I won't say it's an avalanche, but slowly but steadily, it's been growing. Um, but more importantly, just this week, we have now turned on self-service. So um, previously, the product was there, but you couldn't you couldn't purchase um, online. You had to email, <laughs> you had to email us. You had to yeah. email us, right? And so now we we got that out the door that people can now self-serve. Um, so that's a nice step forward. Um, cool. and, and yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah. That's for now. So I will be, um, I guess one thing for anyone out there listening, I will be spending the summer, um, w- my, we're going to go to the States for a couple of weeks and visit relatives, but then all of August I will be in Berlin. Right. And so anyone out there who is, I, I know several people in the kind of geo scene in Berlin and I look forward to catching up with them, but anyone else out there who is listening, who wants to meet up while I'm in Berlin, please ping me. And, um, and let's meet up for a beer or whatever or, or a coffee and um, we can and, chat. And if you're not in Berlin, if you're in London through the summer and now that meeting up is a thing again because we can do it apparently, um, yeah. that might change it, but we can do it at the moment. So if you're in London and you want to meet up and talk geo stuff and technology, uh, hit me. And... Um, yeah, and as I said, we we probably will have our next London event kind of end of September. I'm hoping to nail down the date very shortly. So as always, of course, we need people to volunteer to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then Barcelona, we'll probably do in October again, maybe, and we'll see. We'll see what other what else we got. Um, anything else you want to share, Stephen? Oh is- yes, yes, yes. Just thought of something. Um- because I think it's online, so I think anybody can attend it. Um, the British Cartographic Society have got their conference, I think, also sometime in September, towards the end of September. I'm not sure of the dates. You can go and search that. But um, Kenfield and I are doing a joint presentation, which is a recipe for chaos and disaster, um, on Mappery. Um, All right. Excellent. Yeah, they... 
Well, we'll have to make sure that the Geomob doesn't conflict. Maybe we can get them, you know, not on the same day, but yeah. nearby yeah. so people could. Yeah. But so it's you're going to be presenting online or this will also it will be is it purely online or it's also an offline? I think event? it's purely online, but I'm not sure. I, but we're certainly um, we've been selected to do a talk, the two of us, about Mappery to the British Cartographic Society, which is rather fun because um, you know, cool. it'll actually be four years since we since you started since we started the thing and uh and it's still going which is for a hobby project i think quite cool um and, Very nice. um yeah so favorite maps and shit like that yeah it's gonna be well speaking of other events of course we have um we in the the sense of the broader geospatial community have two mega events coming up in oh, course, august yeah. yeah which is um state of the map in Florence, Italy, and then one week later, or a few days later, is uh, Phosphor G, also in Florence, Italy. Mm-hmm. And um, listener, we we have a, a an episode coming out probably next week, hopefully with the um, with one of the or local organizers who is giving us kind of a preview of those events and talk about some of the some of the things they have planned. So I unfortunately will not make it to either event because I will be in. Berlin, it just didn't work out. It's it's not so simple with um with the kids and everything. With the kids and everything, but um, but what about you? Your your last time we spoke, you're a bit undecided. Are you gonna? Yeah, make I, it I'm to... still a bit undecided. Um, there's a big part of me which wants to be there. I haven't been to a phosphagy since 2018. In fact, you know, it was the last time. I was at right. a phosphagy, so I'm I'm really keen to be going. You know, last you know we've had two years where we haven't had them, and um, but uh, Florence is very hot in August, and I'm not sure. On the other hand, it might be an opportunity for Donna and me to have a few days in Florence, combine some geo stuff with a few art galleries and uh, a bit of culture and some lovely Italian food. So. Um, I'm leaning towards going, but I'm not decided yet. Um, well, I think that's the way to do it. If you are going to go, as you say, combine it with um, a more leisurely trip yeah. where you can also take in some of the sites and maybe tour around Tuscany or what have you. So Yeah, so we'll see. Anyway, we'll do. We'll probably do another episode, another one of our episodes, which is you and I, probably before those events, so um, in a few weeks, so... Anything else we should chat about, Stephen? Or no, I think we're done for today. Um, keep it a short episode today. Um, have a great trip to the states. Um, maybe we'll get an episode in where you're in the states and we can chat. And perhaps you've bumped into some interesting geo people in Colorado or wherever you're going. Um, we shall see. I am. I, I don't think we're going to make it to Colorado. We're going to go to. Um, Chicago, near Chicago, where oh, my wife, okay. my family is originally from. So, more of a family reunion than a uh, full-on vacation. Full-on vacation, yeah. So, okay. So, have a great time. Have a good summer, all our listeners. Um, let's wish you a good summer as well. Um, mappy times. That is exactly, Stephen. Okay. Have a very good summer, everyone. Bye. Okay. Take care. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully, you've enjoyed the discussion. 
please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any um, suggestions for topics that we should uh, cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. Um, you can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is Geomob. Um, you can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. Um, you can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.